Welcome back to the EmptySpiral.net podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Core community. My name is Matt Rycroft. In our second interview of five, we're talking to Chris about his experience that he remembers during the uh, recording of the album Climalize all those years ago. Uh, this interview was uh, recorded in the dressing room at the garage in Glasgow on the 25th of October 2012. Again, it's a little busy. You you might hear some of the uh, sound checking taking place uh, upstairs on the main stage whilst we're doing the interview. Hope you enjoy it. Album that we recorded at the Buddha Studios uh, with Valdemar. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though then we then did uh, Karma Code uh, still with Valdemar, but in Milan, our hometown. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually it was actually kind of kind of fun because it was like we, we worked with Valdemar already like a f- several times, so we were like pretty comfortable. And uh, we all went to Dortmund as usual, stayed at Century Media's apartments on. On the top floor of the building where Century Media has their offices, and uh, yeah, we just—I think we spent about like a month, a month and a half, just like going back and forth and like playing PlayStation games like Tekken Two or whatever <laughs> on a crappy TV, which of course wasn't hooked up to the antenna, so we didn't—we couldn't see TV, watch TV at all. Mm-hmm. So the old, the only thing we could do was like playing games, and that's it. And record the album. And recording, right? <laughs> but that's like on the side, you know. <laughs> when, the, when, the, when the tournament wasn't on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever listened to the albums then? No. Ever? Not really. No? Okay. Well, sometimes, like some songs here and there, um, but it's mostly when I have to maybe relearn how to play them. I mean, for on this tour, for example, we play Self-Deception, mm. which we haven't played in, like, I, who knows how long. Mm. And so I had to go and, like, listen to the album and try to to figure out what I was playing. But uh, I, I hardly actually ever go and listen to to older stuff, not just our own, older albums. It has to be something very special that, like, oh, I'm... I really want to listen to, I don't know, Pink Floyd uh, Animals, and I just go and pick it up and play it for a little bit. But normally, I don't, I don't really go back. I, I try to go, except for like some classics, which I listen to all the time, but there are only like a handful of albums that you know, I have in my home uh, discography.
what do you like about Camelops? What sticks in your mind about that particular album? I mean, I, obviously it made you very popular in the US. It yeah. It launched your career there, but as an album, what does it do for you? I think that Colonize was probably the first album that had songs that were um, built a certain way. You know, just like simpler, more uh, fluent, uh, as opposed to like Unleashed Memories and, and Reverie, that was like, uh, which were like more complicated uh, structure-wise, you know. Uh, but Comalize was uh, one of those albums where we had songs that, that like, from then on, uh, I think we just found, like, our formula, you know. Uh, the way we write songs uh, from Comalize on is has been the same, pretty much, you know. So, yeah, I think it's, like, if you listen to every single song, like, and you, and you just compare it to what we were pre uh, previously done, is... Uh, there, there's a difference there, which I think is why uh, people actually really liked it because of like songs like Heaven's Alive or Swamp or Tightrope or I don't know, like mm. so, so many different songs that have like this really uh, easy to follow structure, you know, even though the parts may be actually articulated or like a lot of arrangements or whatever. I mean, that's that's the first time that Lacuna Coil had uh, that kind of particular structure. writing and recording the album? Um, Mouse and I were like, um, we, we came up with like some ideas and stuff. Um, and I must say like Marco as usual did most of the, of the writing. Uh, but then again, when we, when we had like all the songs down and started working on it, we all worked like in the rehearsal room to try and, you know, like polish off the, the songs together and stuff and, and actually a lot of stuff uh, was created then you know even though Marco came with the basic structure then we all worked together and just like developed the structures in a way that is now uh, on the album so it was quite spontaneous yeah yeah, yeah it was actually really really spontaneous So I mean, I never really think about changing anything that we've done on a certain album because that was what we wanted to to go for at the time. You know, I mean, you can always say, "Oh, the sound might have been better. Oh, this song could have been better. This could have been different." But I mean, that's that's a, a picture taken at that particular time, and that's the way it is. You know, so I, I think it's it's just good the way it is. I 
Do you have a favorite song from the album? Um, I actually really like the song Comalize. For one, because we've never actually played it live, and uh, I really worked a lot on the on the keyboard parts, on the on the um, the strings parts with Marco on that song. I mean, he came with the basic idea, and then we worked together, and uh, and we, I really like the way it all like tied together, you know, in the end, the bass line and the verse, like very uh, groovy kind of, you know, and then the the, the, the chorus which opens up and it's very epic and stuff so I think it's one of my favorite songs on the, on the album. <laughs> songs that we have on uh, on Comalize, um, we don't have the, the 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 tracks for it because it was the last album we recorded on tape and uh, if we wanted to like add some songs because then for the songs we play live right now Marco had to reprogram all the keyboards all the record all the bass parts and whatever because we just don't don't have it you know and all the only the songs that we we had to play like uh, Heaven's Lie or Swamp or Tightrope. Those songs, of course, we did and recorded all the tracks for. But everything else is just not there. We would have to go back to the Woodhouse, get the, the tape, the original tape, like import it in Logic or Pro Tools or whatever, and just redo everything. <laughs> kind of complicated. But I would love to go back and, and play some of those songs. remaster it yeah to, as you say to pick up all the tracks yeah, and digitalize yeah. them is there anything you would change about it that it would still mean it was still caramelized but it was a caramelized that um, was today for you i i the only thing i would change i mean the songs would be the same because i mean th those were the songs that we wrote at the time and those those songs represent lacuna coil back in 2002 you know so the only thing i would actually maybe change a little bit if possible would be the way the album is mixed, you know, try to update it maybe a little more to today's uh, Lacuna Chorus sound, you know, which is a little bit more powerful and just like a little more dynamic. I mean, I mean, I like the way it sounds, but I think it could be on, on certain songs, at least it could be maybe a little uh, meaner. To say about Kermalize as an album? Well, I, 
I think that it's like I I recognize it's it's probably the first album, the album that made us uh, what we are today. I mean, up until that point, um, I mean, the band, of course, was like doing tours and whatever, and, and you know, but mostly in Europe, we had gone in the States just for a very short tour. Uh, but when Coma Lies came out, I mean, that that's when it all happened, you know, so uh, even though I don't listen to it much anymore, but it's not just because it's Coma Lies, you know, but it's because it's like such a long time ago. And because we had to play this, those songs like so many times, like throughout the years. But I mean, I I, I know, and, it, and it's a fact that that album, for sure, changed our lives. You know, like when the radio stations in the U.S. started playing Heaven's Alive, we just had no idea. I mean, we we didn't even know at the time that that song was gonna be so popular. You know, I mean, we liked it. I mean, it was like one of our songs and. And obviously we, we loved it for what it was, but like, and when it, when it all happened, it was like, wow, you know? And then the album just like, it, it's the album that probably, um, maybe it's not the album that sold the most, but it's the album that uh, really uh, had the longest lifespan, you know? It came out in 2002, and up till 2004, 2005, we were still like touring to promote it, you know? It's incredible. Can you take me over, over again? Can you take me over, over again? Well, you talked about Heaven's Alive, mm-hmm. and as you say, Heaven's Alive opened America as yeah. it caramelizes and on. There were number of videos for Heaven's Alive. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know why that was? What do you, what kind of happened there? Because it's, it's a question I've never asked you actually yeah. about Heaven's Alive. Why did it have, what, was it, it had three videos I think in the end, was it, or two? It had the, uh, there were two, well, one official video. Well, there was the kind of the recording video. Yeah, then there was the recording video that actually ended up on the bonus uh, right, yeah. CD. And there was another video that was the very first one that we shot um, in LA. I think at that at that point, Century Media was still trying to figure out because I mean, it wasn't like they had a lot of like. Um, I mean, videos were popular over there, but the budget was what it was, you know. So uh, it, it was like uh, one of those things where you know somebody that shoots videos and that will bring people in and friends and whatever. And so we went to this this house in in LA. Um, <laughs> and we just like, you know, we had our live stage at the time, the ones that actually appear on the Comalize booklet. Mm. Horrible, by the way, <laughs> except Christina's maybe. <laughs> but like, and, and, and this guy was like, oh yeah, we'll do it like this and we'll have candles and flowers oh, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that when, when we saw it, it's one of those things that you would you would never want people to to actually see. You know? Too late. Too horrible, late. horrible, yeah. man. So we, we did it, and, and we were like, oh, it's our first music video. It's like awesome, you know. It's like, but really, that that's one of those things where if I could go back in time, oh, 
Yeah, I don't think it's as bad as you say. But it's, it's there. No, it's terrible. <laughs> Come on, you're too nice. But it's actually one of the worst videos we've ever shot. Uh, and then you had the the one that's now considered the official video. Right. The, the, yeah, the one in the in the warehouse. In the warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's... how did that one come about? That one was that. That was actually because we realized, and Century Media as well, that the first video we had wasn't good enough. You know, we and, and that was after. I think it was after we actually toured the the U.S. for a while. You know, um, and we started like having all this airplay on, on radios and whatever. So um, they decided that we we should have. A, a decent video that we could give, like, I don't know, Fuse or MTV mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and so we, uh, there, there was this guy from uh, uh, Sweden, Patrick Ulos, uh, mm-hmm. uh, who already did some videos for Dimo Borger in Flames mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, well, let's do something with this guy. I mean, anyway, the videos that he had for, for, for In Flames and, and Dimo were awesome, you know. And they were like, "Wow, let's just go and just like do do something." He had this great idea. This this building was like an old army warehouse, uh, no floors, just beams across the, the whole room. And uh, we were standing on these platforms, and just to, to get there, you had to step on the beams, you know, and get to the set. And it's like scary and. Pretty cold, actually. It was, it was it was really. Where was it? Where was the, the warehouse? It was in uh, in Sweden. Uh, I got the word. I have no idea. Really, I can't remember where. No. Some, somewhere in Sweden. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember we got there. We stayed at a hotel. The guy and his crew just like picked us up and brought us like to the warehouse. And we we shot in one day actually. Um, and and the video turned out to be like one of the probably one of the best ones. I mean, oh, it's a classic. It, it's, a, it's a classic video. I mean, there's like some cheesy stuff, you know, Christina throwing the star or whatever. You know? <laughs> like a ninja. <laughs> like a ninja. But I mean, overall, I think it was uh, for that time and for, for the song was actually kind of like the visuals are very nice. There's some good ideas. This like dress Christina was wearing that's like flowing up in the air and the, the priest uh, mm. uh, outfits that really, I think, are still kind of like unmatched as far as like visual impact, you know. I think they very, very much captured the style of the yeah. band, and I think yeah. that's a style that you, you still have in your music. Yeah, I mean, it, it for sure is. I mean, it's like one of those one of those things that like it was a, such a great idea at the time, and uh, it worked so perfectly. I mean, people are still impressed. Like they, they still talk to us about that. I still remember when you came up with all those priest clothes and blah blah blah. So it, it really made it an, like an impact on on people, and uh, I'm sure that was one of the reasons why uh, people really remember the the video as well because it was like very powerful at, at, at times. Even even though the song is not like particularly heavy, uh, the way we move, the way the video is like the camera shaking and like emphasizing the emphasizing the the movements and stuff. It's, mm. I think it was actually part of all the, the success that the, the song had. Did you 
for the the title of the song, Heaven's a Lie. I mean, there, there, I know there are occasions in America where yeah. you, you take, well, Christina or Andrea would take time yeah. to explain yeah. Yeah. what the song was about, just in case. That, well, I, I always get the impression to avoid it, any upset from any sense. It's different. not as bad as you would think. I mean, we did a tour with the POD and uh, there were some people, like we had the signing session like uh, after the show and some people were like, oh, what do you mean by that? Heaven's a lie, why? why? Because they're, they're kind of a Christian band. Of know? course. But I mean, that was probably the only time where, where we... But it wasn't even like, oh, you know, like, uh, they don't worship or whatever. So no one was whatever. burning the Kunikov no, flags outside no, the building? No, no, no. It, it wasn't really that bad. I mean, especially because the way Christina and Andrea, um, at the time, uh, introduced the song, as you said, they were like, this is a song about freedom of ideas and not against religion, mm -hmm. you know? Which is which is true. It's not that. That's no, not absolutely. The song you was have to. But if you listen to only the title, you may be like, "Oh, what, what, what do they mean?" You know. And of course, later on in the album, you have a, a, a song called "Angels Punishment," which is <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? The double whammy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, if you listen to the lyrics, you'll know that it's not of anything, course anything like that. Of course, not only is anybody today thinks it is, but as right, you say, right. You listen to this. You just look at the song title. Yeah. And then you're like, single you released from the album Swamped yeah which is a great song mm -hmm. uh, and that that came out with a video as well yeah take me through the how that video came together then so I think it was pretty much the same thing after we did Heaven's Alive and after a little while we Central Media wanted another video to to promote I mean they, we, things were going really really well at the time you know uh, with the states like we did Ausfest we did uh, a lot of like really good touring like with the uh, POD as well, I think. Um, I mean, they needed another video and Swamp was the song that we all thought would be uh, the, the next uh, single for sure. You know, It was a song that we liked a lot and uh, we did it with the same director as uh, Heaven's Lie. We, we went to Sweden again. We actually shot this time in a, in a castle by the, by the sea. Mm. And uh, he had this idea of like us walking around and like doing stuff like dressed as the reserve or dogs or whatever, like gangster kind of like, you know, picking up guns and doing shit. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like it as much as the Heaven's Alive video. I think it's a little bit too yard sale. You know, there's like a lot of stuff happening, but like some nice visuals, but like it, it's too much of too many different things happening in the same video. And it's like, uh, it, let's say it's not one of my favorites. I mean, it's well done, but it's not, uh, it's not. It's just had visual impact, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, this big tunnel with like flames and whatever. I mean, it, it's well done. That's not what I mean, but it's like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, when I watch it and then the end and we all walk, Towards the sunset, like 
why? <laughs> but but my orchestra rolling on the floor for like two minutes in the in the in the video is like it's like really necessary, you know. I mean, people would like it, but I mean, still. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was fun to shoot it because we we thought like at the time we thought like oh yeah, it'd be interesting. Let's see, uh, and then like whatever. We were actually, we, we thought about it at the time uh, and we actually spoke with Century Media about it because they wanted a third video, which in the end never happened because like we decided to go into the studio and just like, you know, get on with the next album. But I think Daylight Dancer was, uh, was going to be the next, uh, the next video. Oh, that yeah. I mean, that's, that's a song that we've always liked a lot. Uh, and it was like kind of different. If you if you compare it to like some of the other songs on the album, and it has this like I don't know I mean it, it it's really one of my favorite songs one of my other favorite songs on the album, it has this like groove that goes like and, you know like powerful drumming and it, it made sense at the time uh, as as the next uh, single out of the album, but it never happened <laughs> unfortunately. In our next episode, we'll be broadcasting the fourth interview with members of Lacuna Coil about the Camelot's album, where we'll be listening to what Mouse has to say about the recording. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to leave a comment at the Empty Spiral website at www.emptyspiral.net or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Empty Spiral Net or on Twitter at Empty Spiral Net. See you soon, everybody.